0: Good morning, welcome to the Vince Coakley Radio Program. If it sounds a little bit different, there's a reason for that, because our location is different today. We are joining you live from the WFNZ Dog House. There's a special reason we're here, ladies and gentlemen, and it involves your participation. Something very, very important. We've been talking about this throughout the month of September, because it's Pediatric Cancer Awareness Month. And as part of that, we want to do what we can to really provide something that little heroes need. Which is why we have our fourth annual WBT Little Heroes Blood Drive. Directly in front of me right now is the WFNZ Big Red... I'll I tell you, this is a crazy scene here because... This, this bus is huge. It is one huge. There's no way you can miss it. If you drive by on Moorhead Street and you don't see this bus, you need to have your eyes examined because it's huge. Uh, but we're asking you to come down to the doghouse to give blood. It'll only take about 15 minutes or so. You get in, you make your contribution of blood, and out you go very quickly. So that's what we're asking today. Uh, it's very much accessible, especially if you were in the uptown area. Those of you who don't know exactly where we are, it's basically at Mint and Moorhead. Mint and Moorhead. That's all you have to remember. And as I said, you will not be able to miss the bus. It is huge. (laughs) So make sure you come down here between now and noon is the time that I am here today, and we would absolutely love for you to come and make a contribution here at the WFNZ Doghouse powered by Jack Daniels. This is a very important opportunity that we hope you take advantage of today. So make your tracks in this direction. A lot of things to talk about during the course of the broadcast today. Of course, everyone's talking about last night's debate. The Republican candidates on the stage, did anybody move the needle for you? are you one of those people you know i'm just gonna vote donald trump no matter what or are you paying close attention to all of these characters who were on the stage yesterday evening or maybe some of the characters who were not on the stage um i'm very much curious about what your thoughts are we're going to hear from some of those candidates and pick up on some of the interesting moments that took place obviously Two big targets yesterday evening on the stage. First and foremost, Joe Biden, because every single person on that stage wants to replace Joe Biden. They want to be the person inaugurated in January of 2025. That's their goal. The other target, the man who was not at the debate, former President Donald Trump, who chose to hang out with UAW workers. They are on strike and he provided his own counter programming uh, instead of participating in the debate which is something that some of the candidates made reference to so we're going to listen to some of the audio and uh, i'll provide some perspective on this it's going to be interesting to see can i remind you what i've said for quite some time we are on the edge of starting october what is it sunday the first day of october I want to give you a heads up because I believe this is going to be a tumultuous year. And I'm not dismissing polls that are done today. You'll hear a reference to polls by Ron DeSantis. But I have to tell you, I believe there are going to be a lot of twists and turns over the next year. And the way the race looks now is not the way it's going to look, I think, even six months from now. For one, I've gone on record of saying I do think ultimately Joe Biden is not going to run. I think he is going to bow out now when that happens I don't know but that will change the dynamic of this entire race so that's one thing that will happen the other thing is we don't know what the twists and turns will be with all of the criminal charges against Donald Trump Uh, what takes place between now and six months from now and certainly a year from now nobody really knows so we can talk about these candidates and hopefully make some informed decision about who belongs in the white house i've told you what my issues are primarily we've got to be a nation that is preparing for its long-term solvency and if we don't do that we're really wasting our time i have to commend one of the candidates for having the courage to call out the last Republican president on this issue. Uh, If Republicans are going to do the same thing Democrats are doing in terms of spending, what sort of moral authority do they actually have? Pretty much zero. Well, let's start in on some of the audio from yesterday evening. One of the things that I mentioned these candidates were very eager to do was to make sure they targeted Joe Biden above everybody else. Joe Biden, who is the current president, also known on this program as Mr. Magoo, let's first go to Tim Scott. Tim Scott, yesterday evening, he's one of those people, remember that donors are keeping a close eye on, with a question, is he the person who can be the nominee? see the person the big donors want to know can we put our money behind him and they're asking the same thing about nikki haley so this first clip you're going to hear tim scott and then you'll hear mike pence chime in with probably one of the better lines of the night and and that's really saying a lot because mike pence is probably one of the most boring individuals on the planet I mean, watching paint dry is probably more exciting than listening to Mike Pence. But nonetheless, <laughs> let's go right into this first clip. This is Tim Scott uh, taking a shot at Joe Biden in the border. And also, you will hear Mike Pence chime in at the end. Listen. Joe Biden should
1: not be on the picket line. He should be on the southern border working to close our southern border because it is unsafe, wide open and
0: insecure. Look, I do disagree with something Tim Scott just said. Joe Biden doesn't belong on a picket line. He belongs on the unemployment line. (laughs) That's a pretty good line. I got to hand it to him. And it was delivered really well, too. Joe Biden does not belong on a picket line this is a reference of course to making his appearance along with those union workers and um, yeah it was delivered well right on time there from Mike Pence that's just a sampling of some of the comments made yesterday evening we will get to much more as we continue our broadcast this time from the Audi Charlotte studio a WFNZ doghouse powered by Jack Daniels. We are asking for your help today. It's very important that you help us out for our WBT Little Heroes blood drive. Please come down to the big red bus, make a contribution of blood. It will only take about 15 minutes or so. And we want to give you a heads up. If you come down here, park behind the doghouse on Mint Street. Again, if you want to know where we're located, it's Moorhead and Mint. Just in the shadow of Uptown Charlotte. So we're asking you to come down and make your blood contribution. Right here, the Vince Coakley Radio Program. And we're back on the Vince Coakley Radio Program. 19 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock, we are joining you live from the Audi Charlotte studio, the WFNZ Doghouse, powered by Jack Daniels. We are here for a very special reason, and we're inviting you as part of Pediatric Cancer Awareness Month. We have the fourth annual WBT Little Heroes Blood Drive that's going on right now. We're asking you to come down here to Mint and Moorhead. This is where you can make your blood contribution. It'll only take about 15 minutes or so. We'll get you in and out, and you will have the satisfaction of doing something uh, that could be life-saving, life-changing for a little one who needs blood. So. We would love to see you over the course of the next couple of hours. I will be here until 12 noon, so I would love to see you come down here and make that very important contribution. Again, that's it. Mint and Moorhead, just look for the big red bus. You can't miss it. I also want to tell you about a developing story right now. We have the beginning of an impeachment inquiry, and it's important to emphasize that word, inquiry, because this is not an impeachment vote. There's not so much an impeachment process that's going on here. That remains to be seen. They may do an inquiry and find out, you know what? We don't have enough to work with. Uh, This is a waste of time. Or they may actually go into this and find as they subpoena records, we've learned and we told you about one of the records yesterday relating to funds that were sent to Hunter Biden and the address given was his dad's address where he was staying at the time. So there will be other there will be other items that we will hopefully discover during the course of of these hearings so they are underway right now representative jamie raskin is giving an opening statement about this by the way bernie if you happen to have a source we can listen in it would be kind of interesting to hear what they're saying uh, at the beginning of the biden impeachment inquiry that's how we emphasize let's listen in a little bit and hear uh, what they are talking about this morning in the house he
1: posted this edict, either impeach the bum or fade into oblivion. They did it to us. Of course, the standard for impeachment is not whether they did it to us, but whether the president committed treason or bribery or other high crimes and misdemeanors. But the Constitution's irrelevant to them. What counts is what Donald Trump wants. As Republican Representative Ken Buck, a Freedom Caucus member, told CNN the other day, President Trump has gone on his social media account and said we should be impeaching President Biden. Kevin McCarthy said we have an impeachment inquiry. You draw the conclusion, directly or indirectly, this impeachment inquiry was a result of President Trump's pressure. So we move from a Trump-ordered government shutdown to a Trump-ordered impeachment process. And yet back in the reality-based world, the majority sits completely empty-handed with no evidence of any presidential wrongdoing, no smoking gun, no gun, no smoke. In fact, we have had to slide awkwardly into a House impeachment process without the benefit of the floor vote that speaker mccarthy insisted was absolutely imperative and necessary when donald trump was impeached in fact they went to the department of justice and they got an olc opinion saying quote no committee may undertake the momentous move from legislative oversight to impeachment without the delegation by the full house of such authority olc opinion january 19th 2020 and that's why The House voted in the case of Donald Trump, but that's exactly what has not happened here because they don't have the votes. You are listening live to
0: (laughs) Representative Jamie Raskin. I'm sure you figured out by now. He is a Democrat, and he is, of course, objecting to this impeachment inquiry. And you heard uh, really the most essential thing you need to hear out of the Democrats on this issue. They're going to tie everything to Donald Trump. So now we've got the so-called Donald Trump shutdown that is supposedly coming. And we've got the Donald Trump impeachment inquiry. So it's all, do you see the strategy of the Democrat Party? It's all about Donald Trump and those horrible MAGA people. That's basically going to be, I mean, if you're sick of this now, You're going to continue to hear this all the way up until November of next year, in the very least. (laughs) And if they can carry it beyond that and talk about January 6th, they will do that, too. I mean, these are folks who... They are not very creative. They come up with some ideas. They keep beating that drum over and over again. And there you go. What's also funny about this is I'm sure this moron, Jamie Raskin, was one of the people who voted... For an impeachment inquiry into Donald Trump when there was nothing ever there. They never had any substance of anything to work with for impeachment. None. Zero. And you know that I'm not a Donald Trump fan. But I don't have respect for somebody who's going to vote to impeach someone. And then they're going to lecture us. About how this particular house should have voted to have an impeachment inquiry. Don't get me worked up. Try to get me worked up about methods and methodology and processes. I don't care about that stuff. At the end of the day, the question is, do we have a president who is compromised? And I think there's already enough evidence based on what we already know about the money that went to Hunter Biden's family the entire family there's already enough reason to question whether our national security has been compromised it's not a difficult question to ask and it's not a it's not a stretch for somebody to wonder whether this is a man in Mr. Magoo Joe Biden by his very presence As vice president and the connections that he had with Ukraine he was the supposed to be the point person on Ukraine at the same time his son is on the take from Ukraine please explain to me this man's value and by that I mean Hunter it's very clear nobody would have had anything to do with the Biden family without Joe Biden being vice president it's really that simple And if people don't see a need for an investigative process there, well, they are deliberately ignorant. It's really that simple. So we'll check in periodically. They have these big charts and signs that they are showing as part of their dog and pony show. The message they are communicating, of course, this entire impeachment process is unnecessary. No reason for a hearing. We will continue to follow this throughout the morning. If there are any things that are um, intriguing about this, we will let you know. Right now, we're asking for your presence at Mint and Moorhead. We are at the WFNZ Doghouse powered by Jack Daniels. The reason? Very simple. The Little Heroes Blood Drive. Come down here. We would absolutely appreciate your help. It'll only take you about 15 minutes or so. Be sure to park in the back on Mint Street, and come down, make your blood contribution, 15 minutes, that's all we ask, and we'll have you right out of here, but it will make such a big difference for little heroes. We continue broadcast of the Vince Coakley Radio Program. We are back on the Vince Coakley Radio Program. Coming to you live from the WFNZ Doghouse, powered by Jack Daniels. And what we're inviting you to participate in is very important. We have the Big Red Bus right here at this location for you to make your contribution of blood. We'll only take about 15 minutes or so. This is all part of the very important Pediatric Cancer Awareness Month. Looking for your blood donations here. I will be here until 12 noon. Again, the location mint and moorhead be sure to park in the back on mint street so if you're listening right now especially if you're driving around uptown charlotte make it a little short detour over here it won't take you very long at all mint and moorhead and you'll see the big red bus outside where you can make your contribution of blood i want to tell you about a developing news story and you're going to hear a lot more about this as we edge into the weekend because right now We do not have an operating budget for the United States of America. Think about this. This isn't the first time this has happened. But for years, we've had these, I don't know what you would call them, but um, feeble. (laughs) Feeble funding plans for the federal government. And when I say feeble, I'm talking about the fact that what should be passed are appropriations bills. There are 12 of them. That are required to fund our government. But for whatever reason. We continue to go through this dog and pony show every year. I mean how many of you run your homes like this? Now maybe that's the reason. Are are all of us this incompetent? That we're going to take things right to the edge. I fail to see the wisdom in this because there is no wisdom in it, whatsoever. Anyway, I wanted to tell you about a breaking news story as it relates to funding of the government. What we have learned, federal agencies are notifying workers a shutdown is imminent. This is the first step in halting most U.S. government operations. Spending laws will expire, and a shutdown will begin at 12.01 Sunday, unless Congress extends the deadline. Most federal employees and military personnel will not be paid until the government reopens, even those who must keep working. Now, as you might imagine, this is going to tick off a lot of federal employees if we have a government shutdown. So you're pretty much talking about all of these folks who live in Virginia and Maryland commuting into Washington, D.C. for these government jobs. Shutdown. 1201 Sunday. That is unless some sort of last-minute deal is worked out, more than likely, you're not going to get the 12 appropriations bills. What you will get will be some sort of omnibus or some sort of temporary funding that will last for a month or two months or three months or whatever it is until these folks can get their act together and fund the entire year. I'm, you know, I'm so over this because this happens we keep talking about this year after year after year and I got a hint for you. We have the same people there, same people running the show, and this is the reason why we're getting the same results. Now, I'm <laughs> I've kind of expressed this over the past few years that I think we've spent way too much time and energy focusing on the presidency and not enough attention on changing the House and the Senate. Which is why we're going to have further discussion about this. I think we're at the point where a convention of states is going to be absolutely necessary. The federal government, we're not going to send somebody to Washington that's going to fix this. That's the bottom line. So when I hear these people talking about draining the swamp, you know, just shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. Because nobody who's, nobody's going to go to Washington to drain the swamp. It's just not going to happen. Because the problem is you have too many people who are electing the swamp. All right. Let me get off my soapbox here and move into more of the debate yesterday evening. I want to go to the subject of the possible shutdown of government. This is kind of an easy one. Because, I mean, nobody's... Who is going to advocate for shutting down the government? Of course not. And you know... As well as I do they're going to blame Republicans for this now part of this is true in the sense that appropriations bills are supposed to come out of the House so it's their responsibility so that needs to be recognized yes you've had a full year to get this done and this is on Kevin McCarthy one of the people on the stage in particular is thrilled by the fact that he's not in Washington, and you can tell by what he has to say about this, because this was really a softball question to be answered by Chris Christie. Here he is making reference to what needs to be done regarding the possibility of a government shutdown. Listen up.
1: If the government shuts down, should voters blame populist Republicans?
0: Voters should blame everybody
1: who's in Washington DC.
0: Wow blame everybody and the truth of the matter is he's right they are all responsible they are all complicit this it really is kind of a no-brainer but the unfortunate thing as I said most of these messages from people like myself they fall in deaf ears because these folks will continue to do the things that they have done for years without any consequence whatsoever And people will talk about, oh, we need to get rid of this person and that person. And ultimately, at the end of the day, um, guess what? Incumbents usually win, which is why some of these folks are still there. And they've been there ever since Methuselah was a little boy. We continue our broadcast, the Vince Coakley Radio Program, live from the WFNZ Doghouse, powered by Jack Daniels. I want to remind you again where we are and why. We have our Little Heroes Blood Drive taking place, and we would love for you to come down, look for the big red bus, our location, Moorhead and Mint. If you drive down here, be sure to park right behind us on Mint Street. That is the location, and we would absolutely appreciate your contribution. And we're back on the Vince Copley radio program 49 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. We're talking about yesterday evening's debates with most of the Republican presidential candidates. One of the big issues yesterday evening, I told you they called out two people in particular. One of them, Joe Biden. The other person they were calling out, the front runner in the presidential contest on the Republican side, Donald Trump, who spent the evening with UAW workers, well, actually, with workers in general at a non-union facility. We have a couple of people calling out the former presidents. Let's begin with Ron DeSantis. This is Ron DeSantis calling out former President Trump for being a no-show. Where's Joe Biden? He's completely missing in action from leadership. And you know who else
2: is missing in action? Donald Trump is missing in action. He should be on this stage tonight. He owes it to you to defend his record where they added $7.8 trillion to the debt.
0: Well, this is something that does need to be discussed. And I've got on record communicating this before. See, I, there are those who look at this strategically and say, why would Donald Trump show up? Here's why Donald Trump needs to show up. He needs to do what is necessary to earn your vote. I know a lot of you have already decided, well, we're going to vote for him anyway. Make the man earn. See, I think part of the problem is this guy takes you for granted. He assumes you're going to vote for him no matter what. See, this is the same thing the Democrat Party does with black people, with Hispanics, with all of the Alphabet Mafia and other groups. They assume they've got your vote. And nobody should ever be able to assume that they have your vote. Every person should have to prove themselves. And the issues that these folks have touched on are very legitimate. This one is a little bit on the silly side. And this is one of those people, we'll hear this question later about if this were Survivor, uh, which one would you vote off the island? Well, one of the first people I'd love to get rid of is Chris Christie. Nonetheless, we're going to torment you with Chris Christie calling out former President Donald Trump. Listen up.
1: And I want to look at that camera right now and tell you, Donald, I know you're watching. You can't help yourself. I know you're watching. Okay? And you're not here tonight. Not because of polls and not because of your indictments. You're not here tonight because you're afraid of being on this stage and defending your record. You're ducking these things. And let me tell you what's going to happen. You keep doing that, no one up here is going to call you Donald Trump anymore. We're going to call you Donald Duck.
0: (laughs) Oh, so funny. (laughs) That is so lame. I mean, seriously, did he stay up all night? Coming up with that one, Donald Duck. What a quack. Which is why this guy needs to go. He's not a serious candidate. He really isn't. The question is, you know, we actually need to, to do a little bit of a, uh, uh, a wager on how long it's going to be before Chris Christie drops out of the race. I mean, because he's clearly going to be among the first to go. Wouldn't you say so, Pete Kellner? You think he's going to stay in the duration, the whole... Okay, this is going to be a riot here. <laughs> Uh, Then we had kind of the non-subject, I mean, how many people, at least on the Republican side, have bought into the propaganda about the slavery curriculum in Florida? You remember this? They're trying to hit Ron DeSantis with this, that somehow, uh, and the message, we did a whole, remember we touched on this? We shared some clips with you with one of the guys who is actually on the team that helped to prepare the curriculum that touched on slavery. And he pretty much blew up the whole stupidity of this this tempest in a teapot several months ago. But they wanted to talk about it yesterday evening. So there you go. So you're going to hear Ron DeSantis answer this particular question, followed by Tim Scott, who frankly disappointed me on this subject, because he ought to know better that this is a waste of time, and this is a... Basically, a Democrat issue. Nonetheless, here they are, DeSantis and Scott, on the slavery curriculum.
1: You have said slaves develop skills in spite of slavery, not because of it. But many are still hurt. For the sentence of slaves, this is personal. What is your message to them? So
2: first of all, that's a hoax that was perpetrated by Kamala Harris. Uh, We are not going to be doing that. Second of all, that was written by descendants of slaves. These are great black history scholars, so we need to stop playing these games.
1: There is not a redeeming quality in slavery.
0: He and Kamala should have just taken the one sentence out. Nobody's ever suggested that there's anything redemptive about slavery it's one of the most asinine statements and there's nothing in this curriculum that says any such thing so it's the fact that this comes up in a Republican debate that also is pretty lame that was just a waste of time wasted opportunity (laughs) We also want to go to the issue of polls, because as you have been watching for the past few weeks, actually the past few months, Ron DeSantis, who is thought to be the person most likely to um, be the number two person, he's been sliding in the polls. So he had the opportunity to answer this very question about... You know, are you concerned about what's happening with the polls that are showing you're losing support? Here's Ron DeSantis. Polls don't elect presidents. Voters elect presidents. Right. And we're going to take the case of the people
2: in these early states. We're going to do it in the state by state direction. And why? Because as Reagan said in his day,
0: this is our time for choosing. Our time for choosing. Indeed it is. And, and again, I caution you. This is early. So early. I'm not saying you ignore the polls completely. But I will say that it's too early to be making big conclusions about what next year is going to look like based on right now. Um, The last thing we'll share here before the break. One of the more interesting exchanges took place between Nikki Haley, who has been gaining support in recent weeks, and Vivek Ramaswamy. Now... (laughs) A little background on the reason this particular conflict occurred. It's on the subject of China. And one of the things that Vivek Ramaswamy has been more aggressive about is putting videos on TikTok. He's trying to reach the younger generation. Makes sense, right? Well, this also became an opportunity for Nikki Haley to strike. Here is that exchange uh, between Vivek Ramaswamy and Nikki Haley. I have
2: a radical idea for the Republican Party. We need
0: to win elections.
2: And part of how we win elections is reaching the next generation of young Americans where they are. So when I get into office, I've been very clear. Kids under the age of social, under the age of 16, should not be using addictive social media.
3: This is infuriating because TikTok <laughs> is one of the most dangerous social sure. media apps yes, that is. we could have. And what you've got, I honestly, every time I hear you, I feel a little bit dumber for what you say. You've gone and you've we helped China build, make medicines will, in China, not America. You're me. now wanting kids to go and get on the social media that's dangerous for all of us. You and you were in business with the Chinese that gave Hunter Biden five million dollars. We can't trust you.
0: Wow, we can't trust you. You can bet those words are going to be repeated over and over in campaign commercials. Pretty strong words there in reference to Mr. Ramaswamy and TikTok. (laughs) That's a little sampling of some of what took place yesterday evening. Still to come, the survivor question. We will get to that in the next hour, but also... We have an item for Therapeutic Thursday. It's a very brief one. I told you about a conversation I had with a friend of mine, and I told you I'm going to have him on this program very soon. He posted something that I believe is absolutely dynamite and potentially life-changing. That is coming up right here at the Vince Coakley Radio Program. Right now, we are inviting you to take part in the Little Heroes Blood Drive Please come down. Make your blood contribution at the WFNZ Doghouse in Uptown. We are at Mint and Moorhead. I will be here until 12 noon. After that, Pete Callender will join you. Come down here. Make your blood contribution. Very quick, 15 minutes is all it will take. We would very much appreciate your contribution. On the Vince Coakley Radio Program, it's news time. And welcome to our number two of the Vince Coakley Radio Program. Live from the Audi Charlotte studio, the WFNG Doghouse, powered by Jack Daniels. We are here. A very important event taking place right now. And that is the Little Heroes Blood Drive, the fourth year for this. And we are very much appreciative of the fact that some of you are making the trek over here to make a contribution of blood That's why we are here. We have the big red bus here to make your contribution of blood. This is so important. Blood donations are critical in helping brave kids in the fight for their lives. So we're asking you to come down, make the contribution. We'll only take about 15 minutes or so. We are at Mint and Moorhead, and we're asking if you do come down here to park on Mint Street, the parking lot right behind the doghouse. That's where we are so your contribution is greatly appreciated right now we told you as breaking news earlier that we have the beginning of the impeachment inquiry of president joe biden one of my favorite people and i really have a lot of respect for this guy is professor jonathan turley he's a fox news contributor um jonathan turley is a liberal He is liberal through and through. One of the things I love about this guy is he's fair and he's honest, which cannot be said for every person who uh, fits the description I gave to you before as far as being a liberal and uh, being a law expert at a university of all places. He is right now uh, getting some questions. As this impeachment inquiry begins, can we listen in a little bit to Jonathan Turley and what he has to say as he answers a few questions at the beginning of this hearing? Listen up. You end there rather than start there, because
4: that's the article that brings in a lot of non-criminal conduct. And frankly, I think that you need to focus as much as you can on the evidence and whether you can establish these connections. Very good. Thank you. Chair now recognizes Mr. Raskin of Maryland for five minutes. Thank
1: you, Mr. Chairman. Professor Gerhardt, has there ever been an impeachment process launched in the middle of a government shutdown? No. Um, well, why did the Office of Legal
0: Counsel uh, opine that of there must be a vote of the full before a Of course, we would have a bond? portion of this where um, actually the, the questioning has changed. Uh, if you watch these programs these hearings with regularity. They go back and forth between Democrats and Republicans. The Democrats have their experts. The Republicans have their experts. Jamie Raskin now asking a question of Jonathan Turley, um, which is going to be somewhat hostile. You can pretty much expect that. Let's listen in, though, and what... uh well, actually, he's not giving him the opportunity. He's asking this of someone else. The whole idea behind this is they're trying to also point out, look, we're about ready to have a government shutdown. How dare you do this right before? Go-? Who cares? How many people, how many Americans right now are worried about a government shutdown? Most of the people worried about that are government workers. I mean, let's be, let's be honest that. We, we, we told you who they were before. There are people, most of them are in Maryland and in Virginia so (laughs) save the tears because uh they're not going to fly here i'll tell you that much for sure i want to get to therapeutic thursday and it's a very short and quick item i told you about a conversation i had with someone i know um who this is a young young man who's really impressed me he's done a lot of thinking and rethinking in recent years. And he reposted something that I think is absolutely awesome. It talks about the importance of receiving, teaching, correction, adjustment. See, I tell people this all the time. I am a 58 year old man. And I'm going to tell you the moment I stop learning is the moment I begin to die. We've always got to have the desire to learn. We also have to have the willingness to be adjusted and corrected. The problem is most people, at least most of the people I see in society, don't want that. You know, this is where you get the gospel of Oprah, where you're gonna have a message communicated like, you know, follow your truth. So you create these silly ideas like, your truth is something special and unique. No there is a truth and sometimes your life kind of goes off the rails and you need somebody to stand it i had i'll just give you an example uh a mentoring situation i'm dealing with now where i had a conversation the other day with this person who was just full of bs so i was ready yesterday <laughs> the short conversation i had with this young man i said you know what the last time our conversation it was a bunch of bs let me tell you This is what's going on and you know what I got a message later in the day. Thank you. I needed that See, I think there are a lot of young people especially who really do want to hear the kind of thing I'm about ready to share with you. Here's his post on social media The man who tries to teach you structure Morals and principles is the man who loves you The man who just lets you go about freely and do whatever you want, no matter how destructive it is to himself, you, or your overall family unit, is the man that doesn't care about you or is too weak to challenge you. Don't mistake acceptance because of weakness and lack of caring with love. Because that's most of what's going on. Isn't this what happens? We don't want to be told and and i've told you before about the biblical model for this which i very much believe in is for older men to teach younger men and for older women to teach younger women there's not much generational transfer like this going on anymore this used to be something that took place in a church setting we've pretty much thrown that out now and i'll tell you where a lot of these kids now are getting their information they're getting it off of social media that's where they're finding their mentoring or whatever and if you watch some of this stuff <laughs> you're gonna recognize ah, ee, I don't want them getting their information and adjustment from that it's very dangerous so for all of us and and this is something I think is very important before you apply this to somebody else apply this first to yourself do you have people in your life Who are able to speak into your life challenge you tell you things you don't want to hear this is something that's very much an essential thing for myself so uh, I would not advocate this if I were not doing this myself so there is your therapeutic Thursday on the Vince Coakley radio program we are asking you to come to the WFNZ doghouse powered by Jack Daniels we are here Asking for your contributions of blood. We'll only take about 15 minutes or so for the WBT Little Heroes Blood Drive. I am here until noon. Pete Callender follows. We are at Moorhead and Mint Park in the back on Mint Street. Come out, make your blood contribution. We'll have you on your way in about 15 minutes. Very, very easy. Back at the Vince Coakley Radio Program. We are asking you to participate in our Little Heroes blood drive. We're at the WFNZ Doghouse, powered by Jack Daniels. This is an opportunity for you to make a donation of blood. Won't take any longer than 15 minutes or so. So uh, come on out. I will be here until 12 noon. After that, have the opportunity to meet Pete Callender who is here beginning at 12 noon, but it's very close, especially if you're in the uptown area, come on by park in the mint street parking lot right behind us. And we will look forward to seeing you here. I want to give you a little more information on what's going on with this impeachment inquiry, the prepared remarks that James Comer released. He is the chairman of the committee from the state of Kentucky. Claiming in his opening remarks, the committee has uncovered a mountain of evidence revealing how Joe Biden abused his public office for his family's financial gain. This story by the Washington Post says Republicans to date have yet to produce any hard, direct evidence of wrongdoing by President Biden or that he was involved in or personally profited from his family's foreign business dealings or the improperly influenced policy based on them when he served as vice president. Comer will also say the panel will examine over two dozen pieces of evidence, including emails, text messages, bank records, and testimony of Biden business associates during today's hearing. So that's what's going on. And one of the things I thought I had to tell you about this, I believe I cannot remember who the congresswoman is, but she has a little clock. I mean, these Democrats, they are petty. It was a countdown clock to the beginning of the government shutdown and in fact that's what it says on the clock the Republican (laughs) government shutdown clock that's what it is so folks brace yourselves you're gonna hear a lot of this propaganda over the next what 24 48 72 hours in the run-up to Sunday that is if we don't see some sort of financial plan that's worked out to keep the government running into Sunday. So, there you go. Earlier in the broadcast, I think it was Chris sent a message in one of his favorite parts yesterday evening during the debate. It was actually when the one of the questioners raised the question about a survivor scenario. Who would you like to vote off? So I thought it would be fun just to play this and for you to be entertained by this as well if you happen to miss it yesterday evening. Here is that discussion, Survivor.
3: It's now obvious that if you all stay in the race, former President Donald Trump wins the nomination. None of you have indicated that you're dropping out. So which one of you on stage tonight should be voted off the island. <laughs> Please use your marker to write your choice on the notepad in front of you. 15 <laughs> seconds starting now. Of the people on the stage, Are you who should be? Bo- I'm I'll absolutely to do
4: serious. That, with all due respect, I mean,
2: we're here, like, well, you know, we're happy to debate, but I'm, I'm, I think that that's disrespectful to hungry. my fellow competitors. Too. Nobody yeah. wants to so. participate. Let's do some questions. Let's talk about the future of the country. I'll answer I want to be. Let me ask you this. They, if,
3: if I may, let me, if I and may let me ask this. you something. Yep. Let me, then yep. If you won't answer to that question, let me ask you this one. Yeah. What is your mathematical path, yes. Governor DeSantis, in order to try to beat President Trump, who has a commanding and enduring lead? in this race
2: so polls don't elect presidents voters elect presidents right. and we're gonna take the case of the people in these early states we're gonna do it in a state-by-state direction and why because as Reagan said in his day this is our time for choosing we are not getting a mulligan on the 2024 election Republicans have lost three straight elections in a row we we're supposed to have a red wave with inflation at nine percent it crashed and burned not in Florida it didn't we delivered it in Florida and so we've got to choose right we've got to win we need somebody that's going to be able to serve two terms so in january of 2023 they'll be able to address the nation saying we turned the economy around we secured the border and we fended off the threat from communist china as your
0: president i will get that job done uh, Governor Christie. i think he would want to say january of 2025 we don't want to go back <laughs> we want to move forward uh, but the point is certainly well taken isn't it funny how everybody Nobody wanted to step into this. I mean, I think it was Ron DeSantis saying the idea of Survivor. That's pretty uh, disrespectful. Would you have preferred that everybody answer that question? Who can we vote off? Well, let's get rid of Doug Burgum. You know, let's get with Chris, get Chris Christie off the stage. You know, that that would have been kind of funny. Uh, That would have and perhaps opened up some wounds, too, because that could have been absolutely ugly. But um, unfortunately, Republicans in this case did not play along. Interesting piece in The Guardian by David Smith. And I think what you have been hearing really for a period of weeks now, and and I've shared with you stories about this, that it appears one of the people getting traction is Nikki Haley. The Guardian story headline, Nikki Haley picks fight with rivals and seizes momentum in Republican debate. You heard that put-down of a fake Ramaswamy. Closest thing to a zinger in an otherwise messy Republican primary debate in which Mike Pence's jokes bombed. Boy, that's a shocker. Chris Christie's Donald, Dunk, uh, Donald Duck jibe fell flat. And Ramaswamy suffered second album syndrome. <laughs> that, that is a great characterization of this second albums. You know what that is. You know, The first album, that's a big hit. It makes a big splash. Then you put out the second one, it's like, what is this crap? And I think that's how some have received what's happened here. After last month's first debate, where Nikki Haley provided a dose of realism on issues like abortion, Haley's been drawing bigger crowds and fresh interest from donors. A CNN poll conducted by... SSRS found that in a hypothetical matchup, she leads Biden forty-nine to forty three percent, while every other major Republican candidate is neck and neck with him. It's pretty interesting, isn't it? Now I know especially those of you in South Carolina, there are a lot of eyes rolling right now. It's like, oh my gosh, Nikki Haley, really? See, and I and I've told you before where I am on this, I I have serious doubts that She is going to be able to go head-to-head with Mitch McConnell, Kevin McCarthy, whatever, whoever ends up becoming the House Speaker or the Majority Leader or the Minority Leader. I just don't see her being able to stand up to these folks. I don't. And it's not because she's a woman. And it's not because she's, you know, of a different uh, cultural background or anything like that. I just don't see A strong leader there I don't but it is interesting that she's the person who's getting traction and donors are getting a closer look at her they've said the same thing about Senator Tim Scott who of the two is going to emerge as the person who could end up becoming the candidate to watch coming up we're gonna talk about New Hampshire And Iowa what are voters thinking about now have they already made their firm decision well you're gonna hear a pretty interesting story about this as we continue we remind you we are at the WFNZ doghouse powered by Jack Daniels in the Audi Charlotte studio we are here looking for your contribution of blood for the fourth annual WBT Little Heroes Blood Drive, your generous donations of blood. They're critical in helping brave kids in the fight for their lives. So please come down here to Mint and Moorhead Park in the parking lot on Mint Street. Won't take longer than 15 minutes or so. Come on down, make a contribution of blood, and we will absolutely appreciate it. We're here till noon. Then you got Pete Calendar coming to continue at 12 noon. back on the Vince Coakley Radio Program. How are you this Thursday morning? We're at the WFNZ Doghouse, powered by Jack Daniels. And we are taking part in the fourth annual WBT Little Heroes Blood Drive, asking for your generous contribution of blood. We'll be here until 12 noon. Pete Callner is waiting in the wings to uh, step in at 12 noon. And... It will only take, what, 15 minutes or so for you to make your contribution of blood. We're at Minton Moorhead asking you to come down, so please help us out with this very, very important adventure that we are undertaking here. We told you about breaking news as well going on in the nation's capital. We have the first inquiry hearing into possible impeachment of... The current president, Joe Biden. And they've been asking questions for the last little while of several guests who are appearing before them. These are, um, uh, are folks who are experts in different areas, legal fields. One of the reasons I mentioned Jonathan Turley. And uh, in fact, I want to hear Jonathan Turley answer something here. It looks like one member of Congress is asking a question right now. Let's listen in on a little portion of this to get a sense of the flavor of what's taking place there.
4: Conduct. But there is precedent for it when it forms. Well, and, and this, he, he, he was in office right. at the time because he wouldn't have had access to the classified documents. These are not things that he did as a private citizen. Yep. He had these documents given to him. And I want to ask you, another. in his scope as both senator and as as vice president, there's been a lot of talk that perhaps the president inadvertently ended up with these documents. Now, first off, there's an unbelievable number of documents. He's clearly a classified document hoarder, and he clearly was was mishandling them. Um, can't you infer intent by knowledge of the law here? The, the President Biden knows how to handle classified documents and what mishandling is. Wouldn't that be attributed to his intent? Well, that can all go to a question of establishing intent. And in all of these cases, you obviously don't have a confession. I'm not too sure if the documents matter will become relevant to an impeachment inquiry. Um, I've said earlier that the issue that, that concerned me about the documents is that they ended up being distributed to different sources it appears that they went to different locations and there are accounts of being in the in the president's home and the question is were they divided and why but it's not clear to me whether that would amount to an impeachable offense or not right, right not you have to make that nexus which I have to go that next step. step. i've seen some of these documents as the chairman of, of the intelligence committee i can tell you they are of the highest level of concern and threat to, to national security i think we do have to get to the bottom of why was he taking this and what was he doing with them i'll yield back here, now recognize Mr. Chairman, Olley I have a Virginia unanimous consent motion. Mr. Chairman, unanimous consent motion. Um, I ask unanimous consent to introduce page 131 Here. of That's
0: the transcript. This of, conversation going all over the place. Here they are talking about... Documents, classified documents, as you know, because of these cases that we are dealing with now in regard to former President Donald Trump, uh, and I guess they're asking this in a hypothetical sense: Would this be impeachment material? Uh, it, it's and it's a fair question to raise that this. Uh, discussion would actually take place when they have legal experts here but again impeachment inquiry this is all associated not with documents but it's associated with the matters involving hunter biden and whether there's some connection to joe biden whether there's some perhaps bribery may have taken place Any type of illegal activity that may be connected to the president that would make him unqualified to continue in office. That question, by the way, uh, raised by Mike Turner from Ohio's 10th district. So we, of course, will have coverage on this throughout the day. And you can listen right here. News Talk 1110 WBT. So one of the other things that I think people are um, I think a lot of people are losing sight of. And, and it's very appropriate for someone like um, Ron DeSantis to say that it's not really polls that matter, but ultimately it's voters that will make the difference. Interesting story about likely Republican voters in, o- in Iowa and New Hampshire. This story says they are still playing the field, even as former President Trump holds a strong lead in the 2024 GOP race. I want you to listen to this very carefully. Over 75% of likely GOP voters in the two states are either not considering Trump at all or are still considering him along with other candidates. This is according to a CBS News poll. However, when likely voters were asked who they would vote for, Trump led the field by 30 points in Iowa, 37 in New Hampshire. Ron DeSantis is coming in second place, 21%, 13% in New Hampshire. This is significant because it indicates, at least it seems to, that people are thinking a little bit more about this than some might think. Of likely GOP primary voters in Iowa, 20% are only considering voting for Trump. 20%, 23% New Hampshire, 48% of likely GOP primary voters in Iowa, and 43% New Hampshire are considering Trump. And other candidates 31% in Iowa 34% in New Hampshire aren't considering Trump at all so again I remind you this is a much more fluid situation than some people might portray it as again don't don't buy into all these polls saying well he is far far ahead yes he's far far ahead I'm telling you folks a few months is like an eternity and there's no telling What's going to happen between now and early next year? It's also going to change the dynamic significantly if the old man, Mr. Magoo, decides that he is not going to run. This will be a totally different race. And I think a number of people will have a very different view about who they think will need to be the candidate on the Republican side if they are aware and confident that Joe Biden is going to be out of the picture. It will be a totally different picture. What do you think? There is still time for you to come to the WBT Little Heroes Blood Drive. We are joining you live from the WFNZ Doghouse, powered by Jack Daniels, asking you to come down, make your blood contribution. I will be here until 12 noon. Pete Kellner comes your way in just a few minutes. So... Only take you about 15 minutes or so. Just look for the big red bus. We are at Mint and Moorhead and asking you to park in the parking lot on Mint Street to make your blood contribution. Uh, do this during your lunch break, perhaps. If you were in the Uptown area, it won't take very long and you'll still have time for lunch. So a win-win proposition for you. Earlier in the week, we had a little fun playing for you some audio from Mr. Magoo from some days ago when he was trying to be cool. There's nothing worse, as you will hear, than someone who is trying to be cool, and they just aren't cool. Okay, some some people just have to accept it's it's a hopeless cause. Uh, We played the audio. You remember this? This was about LL Cool J the other day. And uh, poor, poor. Uh, Mr. Magoo just couldn't get this one right. Well, we're not the only ones having fun with this. On a morning program, Charlemagne went on a rant against President Joe Biden on his broadcast, nationally syndicated show, The Breakfast Club. Uh, First off, he really took uh, the president to task for using the word boy. That was uh, obviously not smart. Um, and he had a special designation for Joe Biden, a special honor for him for the day. Here is how this went down on that broadcast. Listen up. The two of the great artists of our time representing the groundbreaking legacy of hip hop in America LLJ Cool J. LLJ Cool J. LLJ Cool J. Look, this is a prime example of it. Doesn't matter how many black people you are around. Doesn't matter how many black people you have in your administration, doesn't matter how many black people you have right for you. If it's not authentic to him, then it won't come off as authentic to anyone. (laughs) Okay, y'all keep trying to make this 197 year old man sound cool simply because he's talking to black people. And there is nothing more uncool than someone trying too hard to be cool. What's that quote? Uh, Don't try too hard to be cool. It always shows. And that's uncool. Yes, that is President Joe Biden. Please give Delaware its finest. Uh President Joe Biden, the sweet sounds of the Hamiltones.
1: You are the donkey mm. of the day. Mm. You are the donkey mm. of the day. Ye haw!
0: Donkey of the day. That's the <laughs> the prize for President Joe Biden for. That terrible gaffe the other day. Oh, my goodness. I told you, on the personal side, aside from politics, feel sorry for the man. It's really scary to watch. Very scary to watch. Time for us now to take a look at the day in history. Lots of interesting things taking place on this particular day. We have a total of eight items here. Some we will pose to... Bernie as questions 1781 a great year a great year (laughs) we have the battle of Yorktown not a great year never mind yeah there you go 1904 a woman was arrested for doing something in public in New York City now I want you to think about the times that we were in Bernie Uh, well there are certain things that men are cool doing women cannot do. Is it going to the bathroom outside? No, she smoked a cigarette. What? How dare she do that in public in New York City? Oh, that's crazy. And she got arrested for that.
1: Mm.
0: How is that for crazy? That is crazy. How about a war question question for you from 1939? These two countries came together for an agreement on how to split up Poland. Well, think of the uh, two adventurous countries at the time. Um... All you have to do is guess one of them. Germany would be one? You're absolutely right. Why don't you try the other one?
4: Would it be the Soviet Union?
0: You are absolutely right. All right. Nazi Germany and the USSR. They came to an agreement in 1939 on how to split up Poland. 1918, a parade in Philly exposes thousands to the Spanish flu. Mm. This... Some have characterized this as the first super spreader event. 1941, Ted Williams, the last Major League Baseball player to hit 400 in a season. Mm. 1965, this leader, dictator, told people on his island, there's your big hint, I think it's 90 miles off of our coast, they were free to leave the island. That'd be uh, Fidel Castro. You better believe it. Fidel oh, right. Castro in Cuba, 1965. And way back in 2008, this was a very significant event. SpaceX launched the Falcon 1, the very first private spacecraft. Oh, wow. A lot of people will certainly celebrate what has happened with the privatization of space. All right. Here's a bizarre story for you. You know I'm big into aviation, but... This is a a bizarre story reported by TMZ. Here's the headline. British Airways pilot admits to coke-fueled romp before trying to fly. This is a total piece of work here. British Airways pilot partied his face-off in Africa before trying to hit the skies less than 24 hours later. Thankfully, he was reported before that could ever happen and fired as well. The guy's name is Mike Beaton. He reportedly spilled the beans to a flight attendant, friend of his, a few weeks ago after a wild night on the town in Johannesburg. This during a brief grounded period he was enjoying before he was scheduled to fly the following day. In texts obtained by The Sun, Beaton purportedly bragged about a hot hookup he experienced with a Welsh woman, which was full of cocaine, booze, and sex. He sent this text to somebody. Is that brilliant or what? he wrote I lost my shirt somewhere and one of the local lads produces a plate with a few lines of coke yes I've been a very naughty boy he says crazy enough Beaton tried boarding his flight the next day and was attempting to fly back to London but his friend ratted him out to their bosses they halted everything he was forced to stay in Johannesburg for at least an extra day as they did some drug testing which he reportedly failed at first. What a surprise. Once he was sober again, they shipped him back to the UK as a standard passenger, and guess what happened? He's fired. British Airways put out a statement. Safety, always our top priority. The matter referred to the Civil Aviation Authority as well, and this guy no longer works for us. So, is that crazy or what? This guy wanted to fly a plane after all of that? How'd you like to go for that ride, Bernie? Not my idea of a safe ride, for sure. No, thank you. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Well, our time has come to an end. We are extending an invitation to you to come down to take part in our WBT Little Heroes Blood Drive. We are at the WFNZ Doghouse, powered by Jack Daniels. Pete Callender is up next. Come down, say hello to him. Look for the Big Red Bus. It is it here at Mint and Moorhead. And we would absolutely appreciate your contribution. Thanks a lot for joining us. The Vince Coakley Radio Program. The news is next.